and welcome to the Big Bad Sadcast once again. Um, or, you know what, you're not welcome because I don't give a shit. Does that trigger you? Does that make you insecure? Because I don't care. Because this episode is all about being a fucking troll, you bitch-ass motherfucker. Joining me under our podcast bridge today is my libtard feminist scum friend, Amara Ames. What? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Immediately, I have to be that. Anyway, okay, go on. And my commie, the commie bastard himself, Arash Tajiki. Cock-a-doodle-doo. I'm trying to to get a rise out of you, and it worked, Amara. Um, yeah, but I was playing and I was I was just doing this for the podcast. You know, I don't well, care. You're trolling me now. Anyway. Get um, fucked. <laughs> we are joined by um, some really great guests today. Um, we are recording in my apartment rather than at the studio today. Mm. So it's going to be a lot different. Maybe the vibe will be different. I don't exactly know. I know the audio levels will probably be fucked up. But anyway, our first guest... Is Salil Salil? What's your last name? Katani. Katani. Yeah. Um, Salil, welcome to the podcast. You Thank are you. an open micer around Salt Lake. You're also studying, I believe, the psychology of marketing at the University of Utah. Consumer behavior. Consumer behavior. Yeah. That sounds much more professional. Yeah. First of all, I, I don't like how you open with open micer and then <laughs> end it with PhD. <laughs> like that's not. I you should come first. Though. Are you supposed to end on that? Okay, so Salil, I'm excited to have you here today, um, and we will be talking to you more later. Um, I, and now I want to introduce a close friend of mine who is moving to San Francisco, who is not involved in the comedy scene, which is, no. I think, the first person of this podcast not to be. And her name is Kashmir Tupo. Yes. Hello. Kashmir, how are you doing? I'm doing fine, thanks. How are you? I'm doing well. You seem very. Um, <laughs> you, it feels like I'm, I'm attacking tense. you. I'm yeah. very tense. I don't know. She as has her jacket be. on her lap as if she's like a subway victim <laughs> of robbery. Shut the fuck like up. Shut the fuck up. Like you're going to run. Like yeah. you're going to run. <laughs> but, uh, it's like, Understandably. It's like a purse snatching victim. That's what she. Guys, anyway, remember what we said? Yeah. Wait till other people uh-huh. are done talking. <laughs> <laughs> your eye just twitched. Your eye twitched. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're so mad at me. I'm sorry. Anyway, Kashmir is a close friend of mine, and uh, I wanted to get you on the podcast before you leave. When are you leaving Salt Mid- Lake? Um, mid-January. So that's that's coming up. Mm-hmm. That's a bummer. And then our last and I would say the favorite guest of the podcast, Jacob Tarani, or am I supposed to say a different name? Just go for a full name and then just don't associate me with the podcast. Yeah, we won't, we won't put your name. I've material. never met you. <laughs> as long as my parents can't find me, I'm mm-hmm. safe. Jacob, how are you on this fine day? Feeling fine. Just looking forward to my move to San Francisco in late January. <laughs> yeah, you're following Cash. It's not as cool. <laughs> and that address, one first. more time, Cashmere is. <laughs> you didn't give your address. <laughs> I'm not giving you my address. All right, guys. <laughs> I have something else written on my phone. This is a great story. It's all gold. (laughs) Fantastic. Today, we are talking about iconoclasts, misanthropes, contrarians, and general trolls. This is something I've been thinking about a lot lately. The question to me is how much um, that I feel or what I believe in a social or political context is based on reactions and not my true opinion. Or is there any difference? Possibly everything is just reaction and some to something else, and might uh, it might be a moot point. 
And I think that's where, Salil, I think you're a great person to start off this conversation because you have, you know, uh, real education in this in this field. Yeah, so uh, I'm uh, studying consumer behavior. My thesis is on reactance. Like if you tell consumers sometimes that this is not for you, you shouldn't purchase this, this is against society or anything, they are more likely to do that. And that concept is known as reactance, which was coined in the mid-60s by a psychologist called Brehm. But uh, it's still used uh, widely in psychology. It's basically restoring your freedom. If you, if you feel your freedom is threatened, you double down on restoring it by doing something that's not mm. that's supposed okay. to do. Yeah, yeah. Let me tell you there. That, th- I think that, like, right off the bat is a super interesting idea. Like, once you feel like your freedom is threatened... You, you you strike back and you do yeah. something the opposite of what something wa- someone wants you to do. like cutting off your nose to spite your own face kind of yeah, I guess yeah. that's an idiom for it but that that's a really interesting idea i think that is like oh, probably the core of troll culture on the internet you guys have w- I think you should cut off your nose bitch <laughs> <laughs> it's huge <laughs> that wouldn't be to spite my own face that would be to bless my face he to bless <laughs> my fa- eyes that's how they that's plastic surgery marketing <laughs> But he's talking about like in a marketing sense, right? Where like it's like when people purchase products, like you mean, like that's what motivates. Yeah, but not only uh, in marketing. Yeah. This is a general psych- psychological term. Like it's been shown time and again with reference to smoking. Mm-hmm. You tell people you shouldn't smoke, they double down on smoking. They fe- find smoking even more pleasurable once they've been told Whoa. not to smoke. Mm. Wait. So it's basically sensation seeking. It's pleasurable to do that. So that's what also explains troll behavior. Uh. So, so when it comes to like um, marketing anti-cigarette smoking, yeah. you know, like we see all these commercials from like Truth and whatnot, or mm. like Truth.org or whatever. So, how what is how do you get around that? How do you get around like telling people not to smoke without them wanting to rebel against you for telling you that? But it has not been tested. People keep doing the same thing by uh, by telling them not to do it in a very authoritative way by showing them really gory pictures of throat cancer, then people do it. My suggestion would be to to not insult their intelligence by telling them that it's bad because they know it's bad. It's basically by maybe treating them as adults and maybe that would engender less reactance. I don't know exactly know how to do that, but uh, if, you, if, if I just tell you, like, Wallace, you should wake up 6 a.m. every morning. Yeah. You, you just should. You'll be more likely to not... But if I just suggest, hey, why don't you do that? But I, I have to imagine that there's like a significant portion of the population who does heed that warning, right? Yes. Like there's a lot of people who that works on. Yeah, right? so so that's what my research does. Like if I go deep into my research, there are two kinds of people that I found. One are people who don't identify much with their society. They're very individualistic. They hate being told what to do. And the others, they identify more with their society. I'm an American. I'm a Democrat. I'm a Republican, whatever. Mm-hmm. If, you, if what you tell them identifies with what they believe in, there is no reactance. They will agree with okay. you. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, well, do you think that's specifically a Western ideal? Like, do you think that rebelliousness is more prevalent in Western cultures? Uh, no, because all my research right now is happening in India. Oh, oh really? Okay, ah, fascinating. Uh, and it's even more prevalent in India because the societal norms are much stricter. Mm. Yeah. Which is making people acknowledge them and yet rebel against them. Uh-huh. Because 
reactance is is universal it's not dependent Just on cultures or genetics or anything wait so who has to smoke for smoking to be lame like if like yeah, you know, like if sheldon from big bang theory smokes <laughs> It's like actually like, be cool <laughs> as hell. That would make me watch that show. <laughs> I would definitely watch I don't that know, show. Be, like, and and he'd, stop smoking. <laughs> like he would stick a line, there'd be like a laugh track, and then he would smoke and be like, uh Would it uh, make never, smoking lame or autism yeah. cool? Too late. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Too late. One of the one of my favorite quotes about uh that show is that it's uh that Big Bang Theory is nerd blackface. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard that before? No. In that they are not true. Yeah, it's like it, it's like a minstrel show yeah. for autistic no, cause, people. No, because isn't the whole point of nerds is that because they're outcasts and no one likes them, they have the time in their lives to go pursue the things that, like, you know, like if they weren't being bullied, they wouldn't be in their room tinkering with computers right. and stuff. But now they're, like, cool, so they don't have time to be, you know... Yeah, they're the number one rated thing on television. Yeah, there's no, which is why I think it's going to halt everything because there's no more, no more outcasts. This is like guy, like now playing football is outcast, which means we're going to have like superhuman athletes next time. Like the Bill Gates of football will be the next. I feel yeah. like there's already a swing to sports, but I think yeah. there's a big swing back to sports right now. Yeah. Do you think that's right? No, sports are uncool. It's like, if always you say sports, prevalent. Like yeah, if you mention sports, people are just like, what is that fucking people it, just trying to? It depends on the group you're yeah. out with nerds, though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I don't know. At work, it's all anyone talks about. But Sports? yeah, but like when I'm outside of that building, I never hear about it. Unless you're talking to Aaron. But, but speaking, and of then everyone leaves the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But speaking of reactants, like you know, maybe liking sports is like a react. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I'm talking but about. But also, people talk about sports in a different way now. It's not, it's not like, it's not like 50 sports talk where it's like you know. Okay, like, like what? I don't it's remember. not like because now it's like political sports talk where it's like you know like interesting. He's digging us like you know. It's over like time, sports talk with like a like political thing over it. There's new, oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry go ahead. Yeah. What's the um, this? Is it the San Francisco um, 49ers football player? What's his name? Colin? Is it Kaepernick? Kaepernick, yeah. yeah. Kaepernick, like that whole. Oh, when you're, when you're talking about yeah. like how I don't know politics with sports right now. Football is like constantly very politically moved, yeah. like within the like uh, competition itself, and like also the gameplay and how it's changed over the years. Yeah, I read one Chuck Klosterman <laughs> yeah. essay about it. Uh, let's talk eight years ago about it. <laughs> no, but no, I know exactly what essay you're talking about. Was it from Eating the Dinosaur? It's great. I don't know. Let's not talk really about good. that. Okay. Let's move well, on. I, okay. The one book I've read in my life. Go on. But something so, so like to kind of bring it back. Something I think is interesting is like we were talking about just like sports and we're talking about like this dichotomy between like uh nerds and jocks or whatever mm. and then there's like a reactance to the jocks that is the nerd yeah. nerddom and then maybe there's a reaction to nerddom being popular which is like maybe going back to sports and then within sports you have like Colin Kaepernick mm. and you have these two sides of like the political spectrum being angry about him kneeling during caring about oh, race is super nerdy no no, no but, but, but I should add on that it's, it's, I, I have no problem with any like athletes having political opinions it's more the way people talk about it because like obviously in the 60s there were like athletes who stood up for their opinions, but like back then it was like, if you did that, you were like fucking done. Yeah. But now I feel like it's actually good. There's actually more, like, is like someone having political opinions as as an athlete now isn't as like, you know, is considered bad. I guess. No. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like more normal. Yeah. It's like it's, I mean, well, they it's, should have opinion. Yeah. I would also <laughs> yeah. say it's more normal for like yeah. celebrity to be voicing political opinion now. Like just any type of celebrity. Yeah. 
No, because wasn't it like separate before? Like it was like they're sol- they're like outside our world almost. Like why are they? Why do they even care? But now yeah. it's like now they do care. It's weird. No, uh, I feel that. Yeah, but I, I guess know. I guess the point I was driving at was like so like there's so much about our society that that feels like a reaction to other things rather than like someone just like, like the I feel like er- like when I. I don't know. Right now, I don't believe it, but I used to think, like, no, I have this, like, true self, and, like, this is me, and, like, everything goes around me, uh, goes on around me, but I am this one person. But, like, no, I'm beginning to think, like, no, pretty much everything I do is in reactance to something else, and that's why I think, like, this subject is particularly interesting and, like, important, so I guess. So, let's go to the core of reactance. It's basically, if, you're, if you feel your freedom is threatened, that's that's what reactance is. You try to restore your freedom. So if you're doing something, you feel you're doing something in reaction to something that probably somebody told you not to do it. Or probably society societal norms are kind of imply that you shouldn't do it, which is why you go ahead and do it because you feel threatened. Yeah. So so it's a coping mechanism too. So do you think like this this freedom, this like need for freedom is like a natural human feeling? Like this just need to like be able to do what you want? Or is that just uh, uh, something specific to a, a small percentage of people? So uh, there is a scale. Uh, I'm, I'm getting too much into the technicalities, but there is a no, scale called no. trait reactance, uh, which was uh, developed in the mid-90s, which has shown that if you if people answer to that scale, then it is found that some people are very highly reactant, yeah. whereas some people are very submissive. So people belong in a spectrum. And this is true across countries. It's not like people are highly reactant on the West and less reactant in the yeah. East. It's just that circumstances have been that the West is more individualistic, but everybody lies on that spectrum. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I guess that's interesting because I, th- I have always, I think I've always heard that like Western cultures are super, yeah, they're way more individualistic yeah. and would be way less willing to like just. Oh, oh sorry. No, sorry. So, so also a question like is reactance like wrong or is it like is it wrong to be reactionary? I guess if you I feel that way. I don't know. Yeah, that's, that, I guess that's my main question. As well, someone who does it. Yeah. You can well you recognize if you're defining yourself by opposition then you either recognize that and try to like skew your beliefs towards something that's not like directly in opposition to the other thing or you can use that as something to love the thing that you oppose and you're like without you what is me? Why won't Colin Kaepernick Kiss my daddy on the mouth. Oh, <laughs> this God. all comes back to Star Wars, Jacob. Star Wars. <laughs> the oh, is light versus no. the dark. <laughs> Colin Kaepernick kissing my... Is that episode... <laughs> no, okay. No, that's episode... Yeah, yeah. Three. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, God, JJ's Best really fucking... Best one. Cucking up the whole uh, series. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it it well, is funny when, when people re- refuse to even engage with something just because someone was on it. Like, it's like, oh, he was... the Fuck that shit. Yeah. Like I guess it's all liberal garbage now. Oh, never mind. So true. And I'll just never th- touch it. Yeah. Talking about this, like mm-hmm. I, I, I'm coming to terms with the fact that I'm a very reactionary person. Like everybody in our social bubble is uh, like radicalized and like they're left leaning. I don't know ways. Ooh. For the most part, I think. Whatever. Yeah, sure. But um, I <laughs> like two weeks ago. I think no, it was like a week and a half ago. That dinner party where I got or that party, whatever you want to call it. I got a lot of shit for my views on the whole hashtag Me Too um, debacle, whatever. Yeah. And um, I 
ordered Edmund Burke's reflections on the French Revolution okay. <laughs> and read it because I was like, I'm going back to conservatism because I'm all about conserving now. So now I'm on this like track of I just want to be a good girl. I Don't like most people who go back to conservatism just read like Breitbart? Like you actually. Yeah. I'm not being serious. <laughs> that's like I'm not being serious. Like 18, but like, like that's just like yeah. me giving an example <laughs> yeah. of like how like how reactionary I can be. But, like, I don't know. That's pretty yeah. real. I that's mean, like I'm when I lived in a rural town where there were only Republicans, I was pretty liberal by my own standards. But when I came here, like I think a lot of my friends are like really leftist politically. And I don't know if I changed politically or if I just see myself as more of a centrist now or something like that. No. Yeah. OK. That's like that's exactly what I Because we've to talked get about at. that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when I grew up, I was in like this super conservative background, like everyone around me was conservative and i was like oh i'm like this liberal i'm i'm on the edge like people don't get it like i'm different and then like i started hanging out with a bunch of really liberal leftist people and then i started to get annoyed with liberals and leftists and then i then i was it, like then annoyed with myself for just like oh no i don't have any core beliefs i'm just i'm just oh, reacting see to so mine's different cuz i think i have core beliefs like I definitely have the same thing where I get annoyed with people who are have those, but like I still agree with the core beliefs. Like you know, I I, yeah. I, I love uh, you know Marx and Lenin. Well, and all, you know like, the thing is, yeah. I love Marx too. <laughs> yeah, but I still yeah. hate liberals and leftists in a, a big way. And so, I don't yeah. hate anybody. I don't hate anybody. I just moved <laughs> sixty miles south. <laughs> I agree with everyone and no one. Sorry, so I think the source of your of your being annoyed with people could be that those people are so staunch in their beliefs. That that is causing a reaction, even Ooh, if you agree yeah. with them, yeah. they are like so staunch you that that annoys you. Like, all yeah, right, let's, I agree. Let's, like, you may you may have some core beliefs, like Arash mm. said, you you may have some core beliefs, mm. uh, and I may agree with you. Mm. But if if I recite those same beliefs in a very authoritative tone, you may uh. get annoyed with me as well. Like, <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah, I, I know, I agree with you, but stop being like so dogmatic the way about you're it. Doing it is just bad. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah, it's it's just, it's still just frustrating that it's like that all of these things get in the way of actually like having an opinion like no, all yeah. of these things are just like well, it's, it's around like, it it's so important to what an opinion is there would be no like political socialization if it weren't for reactants yeah I guess That's so in a democracy anyway and the flipping back and forth like you can it, it, that could like it, it might be disheartening but some people just flip one direction and then sit in it like it, it's still like means That's that true. you're changing right and hopefully you're doing these strong backs and forths <laughs> in your early 20s or whatever yeah. and then it starts getting like to a smaller but like more consistent frequency dude that really be, like ever changing that really is the truest shit because like i think like <laughs> like you know like, like you have those, those very tumultuous Preach. like formative years where it's like you're like constantly lost trying to find and then, then you have more of an idea and then you have like less and less shame about yourself because you're like okay i think i have myself figured out a little bit, a little bit more in general time. you're yeah. growing and changing and you're yeah. learning all sorts of new things about your body every day <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah. good. that's a, I would say that's a good summary. I think that's good. Yeah, that's, <laughs> no, we're done. Yeah, uh, let's turn it up now. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I agree with that. Like, I think Salil, what you said in being like, I think my opposition is towards confidence. Like, uh, genuinely, I I am upset by people who think they're right and can't accept other opinions. And like, in even though I still am like that in a lot of ways, it's something that very bo that bothers me a lot, and it's something that I just want to fight against. And and okay, sorry, but this is like another point I wanted to make was like, uh, I forgot, I forgot the point. Oh, oh, sorry, <laughs> 
I was just gonna add that, like, because. Oh no, I got. Oh, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> get right back in there, then. No, no. The point no. I was sorry, um, but the point I was trying to make was that, like, a an opinion, a belief. Without being tested, without being, you know, like Prexis, just, yeah, yeah, without yeah. without something like challenging your belief has mm-hmm. no value. And is that something that I should be do? Should I put value on that or should I not? And I get like, should should I think that things are more important just because I argue about it? Like, is does it then become more like solidified or like valuable? I don't know. So, so the, you know. It can be tested or not tested. Opinions are opinions. You may want to change them. You may be open to other people's opinions. But what I'm driving at is, uh, let's say, the color of this this thing it is black. I keep insisting this is black. People, this is black. After some point of time, you'll get annoyed. And just to just to uh, get back at me, you'll say, no, it's white. That's yeah. that's that's the, the whole but, idea. But Zalil, I am colorblind. And I yeah. don't see colors the way you do. This is too much metaphor. So is uh, there truth in anything? <laughs> you <laughs> only see black and white. One of those color-looking-at podcasts. This is the looking-at color <laughs> podcast. <laughs> but, but also That's going back to the whole thing with, of like, you know, like core beliefs and the people who believe them. It's actually kind of interesting now because now there's like whole ideologies where there's like no ideology. Like, like I, I actually can't define what like alt-right is. But I don't like alt right people. Like I, you yeah. know what I mean? Like there's like a whole people who believe in something that I don't. There's no definition. Like of. labels based on belief have always like changed. I think like it yeah. always depends on like the context they're used in. Like I think political stuff. No. I think the the way millennials look at it is issue based rather than ideology based. Mm-hmm. They look at issues first. What's the best way to solve this issue? Education, poverty, and things like that. They don't go from an ideology point of view. Since I am. Uh, a progressive, I will think this way because that is one of the core uh, sources of reactance that you 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 start with a belief, and then the the belief has certain dogmatic principles you may or may not want to agree. Rather than that, just make it easy by looking at issues uh, first. So it's like super tied to like identity. So it's like because I yeah. am yeah. this, I would do this if I was a good this. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. That's a, that's uh, a pretty interesting thing. Yeah. Interesting. Because hmm. <laughs> now I'm just like self-evaluated. It's yeah, like, what if no. all this time it's been a shitty? Like, what if nothing I have done is even original or even? It really is. Good tripping, I, yeah, I really could just yeah. be a hack my whole life. I don't know. I mean, we I all. Think, are. Yeah, I think we're all hacks. Like, if you read a lot of Marx, you mm. and you start calling yourself a Marxist, mm. and there are some certain things of Marx you may actually disagree with. Yeah. But then you, since you call yourself a Marxist, you have to. That there might them. be some kind yeah. of reactions <laughs> within you. Oh my God, this is not right. But then I have to. I feel yeah. Uh, yeah, and also I I think disagreeing with parts of the things that you, uh, with parts of an, ide- of an ideology is good because that means you're actually thinking about it critically. You're not just yeah. like, oh, he said so, so it's, let's kill these Polish Wait, people. Well, you know, that'd be well. You know. How about this? Like, <laughs> anyway, isn't it isn't it like very yeah. demeaning to your individualism to be like, I am this thing. Like, I am part of this group, and I agree with this group's everything. This group says is like, I feel like that kind of like doesn't acknowledge a lot of individualism in or a but lot then, of individual thought or yeah. like you know opinion so those people would fall on the submissive scale in that that trait reactance like personality measurement they would fall more under the submissive they are more authoritarian themselves and they accept authority mm-hmm. uh, and then they don't care what their leader does once they have mm. they've accepted that authority right uh, 
So yeah. that do explains you, a lot of Trump supporters. Do you think <laughs> there is one, like you talk about the submissive side and yeah. you talk about this like, uh, you know, rebellious yeah. side um, of psychology. <laughs> uh, do you think that there's one that's better than the other or is it like, no, there's just a middle ground? Uh, so in, in psychology, there is no, people are neutral about it. It's just a personality trait. Uh, I personally don't have an opinion about about either. I personally am more on the rebellious side, so I don't look Ooh, at submissive Salil, people. Are you a rebel? Uh, as in, <laughs> I don't like my freedom being threatened. All not, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not like a troll. Like I'm not in the extreme end. Yeah, yeah. Salil is raising both of his middle fingers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Salil, stop flipping us off. He, he just lit eight cigarettes. <laughs> and sorry, sorry. He just got on yeah. a motorcycle. Yeah. But. Yeah. So I sometimes personally judge people are too submissive, but there is no right or wrong yeah. uh, in that. Uh, no, I, I can see that for sure. No, dude, uh, it, it, so uh, what is it? There was some article I read where, like, this journalist went to, like, Thailand, and then they had this, like, sweatshop, and she was, she was like, interviewing, like, the uh, late, like the union leaders there. And then she noticed, like, one of them was wearing, like, a, a, like, a Nike shirt, and she was like, well, if you guys, like, are protesting the Nike sweatshop that you work in, why are you wearing Nike? And he was like, who gives a shit? Doesn't matter, and he's like, <laughs> and she's like, "Oh, that's a good point." It actually doesn't matter what you like, maybe those it was choices. free. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like it actually doesn't matter at all. And she's like, "Okay, yeah, that makes sense." I don't oh, know. It's kind of funny. But yeah, but she was saying that like in the, in like the, the U.S., people people stress by like what they appear as and what they like wear, and that's like a big thing. But like in but like you know the actual like labor strikers didn't give a shit. There was just like there was yeah. bigger goals than what they were wearing. So there was. No, 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 turn no, it no, inside no. out or something. Yeah, Jesus. <laughs> just, just turn the swoop, the swoop into a swastika. Maybe he could do that. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Kazmir. Um. Uh-huh. Okay. <clears throat> no, I just I know like I'm not trying to change the topic or anything, no, but I want to talk about trolls, like online trolls. I think that's. What, like, I like their I, hair. I want. A yeah, t- yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that. I don't know. Okay, I, I, what is this? I an Amtrak well. train in Seattle? Hey, uh, <laughs> derailing? The, the, no, no, no. No, I'm done. I'm done okay, with so. you and your fucking attitude. All right, wait, hold on. I do want to get more into trolls, okay. but I, the reason I brought Salil on to the podcast was mm. because he posted this really interesting uh, article on Facebook, and usually, like, everything I see on Facebook is garbage, Speaking but of he posted this really cool thing, um, and if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. Okay, so it says, um, this is an article about why do some people get off on being hated? It's by Mel Magazine. And Salil says, this is a very interesting article, not only because it is tangentially relevant to my PhD dissertation research on reactants, but it explains troll psychology from four, four psychological perspectives, and it also explains some people I know, I personally know. I have paraphrased in my own words my understanding of it. I could be wrong, in parentheses, with this summary below. Number one, narcissism. If you can't get popular through being loved, then it's easier option to get popular through being hated. And I think that that one's pretty self-evident. Any I think publicity all... is good publicity. Yeah, 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 right. yeah. Uh-huh. It's an old adage. I think, True. I think everyone can kind of like grasp that one. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to keep going. So um, number two, mental strength. Mm-hmm. Convincing yourself how mentally strong you are despite being, a vic- being the victim and then actively seeking victimization. This is one where I would like your input yeah, on a little bit more. It's a little more one. complicated. So do you have, a, can you give so, some input? So I, there are people who like attention. They are like, they have issues, I guess. And they, they, they gain attention through appearing victims all the time. Yeah. And uh, 
the more victimized they appeal it's like a a, a self-fearing loop where they appear as victims people don't like them even more yeah and the the reason that they are hated so much makes them appear as victims even more so it's like like a loop where they love yeah love being hated because they are the victims and and they feel that wait what is that term it's called like manchauser what by proxy so that that's like a super extreme example of that it's like this person like loves the victimization so much that they will poison their child to do it wait wait like just an example like like can you just explain like like an example of so munchausen by proxy is when you like are literally poisoning your daughter so people feel bad for you. Oh, oh Jesus. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So like you want people to view you yeah, as a victim. So you're, oh, you're okay. forcing yourself into that victim uh, scenario. That there was yeah. actually a case yeah. about that recently. Some woman in uh, Texas, mm-hmm. like her son had 323 hospital visits. What? Like he actually wasn't sick. Yeah, or yeah. anything like that. Did you read about that? No, but like I, I know wild. a similar story. Yeah, and um, the I think so. Like she took him in for a seizure, mm-hmm. and finally, like <clears throat> the hospital caught on that she was inducing all these symptoms. But she <sighs> had like a bunch of like oh, yeah fundraisers at like his elementary school. Oh, she like, probably yeah. loved seeing herself on the TV. Like you know, local mother like, say hey, like oh. yeah yeah stand up comedians suck and are needy for attention. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean. <laughs> that was was that a I love how he just no, interrupted no, me. Just no, <laughs> 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 all of just us. To- that's why I'm no, going no, to have a kid uh, and poison just it on stage. Like yeah, just, for a second, I, I was I was actually seeing myself as <laughs> no, but also wasn't there a great film about this titled Gone Girl? Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, the yeah, kind of. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Wait, sorry, Jacob. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but 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 uh, but how do uh, stand-up comedians have that complex? Well, no, like, no, like you uh, you would say that like there's a lot it. of yeah, okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right. This is like Thank me you, asking. Did you realize that me asking was already me having the need to be a victim of? Listen, how are all, we a victim? We are all yeah. here for one reason. Can we please? Uh, Let's. <laughs> can we please go on about how okay, I am victimized? We're gonna s- uh, we're gonna let's... skip that one. Okay, we, sure. I think we yeah. got it. I think we got it. We should just never talk about comedy. Okay, sorry. That's my <laughs> Number yeah. three. Never heard of it. Yeah. Reactance. When people threaten your freedom and do's and don'ts, doubling down or going against what people say to restore your freedom. I think we talked a lot yeah, about that. Yeah. I think we got that one. And then four, I think this one's interesting, easing up on cognitive cognitive resources. It is easier to determine who your enemies are after you create them yourself. I like this oh, one. Yes. I like this one too. I think that, that, I think that one like... And that one makes the most sense to me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And also the article ends with that. And that's what explains people like Ann Coulter or Tommy Lahren who who have very black and white uh, views on, on, on people. And then they... I, I can get political right now. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. No, <laughs> you can say yeah. cunt. I don't More care. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and and <laughs> nothing to do with this around. Sorry, sorry. It's a troll episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, okay. yeah, and once you and some people are naturally combative by nature. It's yeah. evolution. Like it, we, we were developed like that. that way. And some people like being combative. And if you don't have an enemies, who will you fight against? So you create your own enemies. You. Oh. You either imagine them as as being against you, or you you just uh, pigeonhole them into one category, and then start hating them. 
start and then they'll obviously react by saying why do you hate me they will like, confirm your suspicion exactly because you're treating them that way Ooh, it's very like yeah. mccarthyist that i like it yeah. Ooh, that's yeah. the yeah. best one yeah. i gotta Delicious. say this is my it's number very, one which like, i like it yeah uh, there's just like people who yeah. automatically are yeah. looking for enemies yes. they're just like people hate me yeah. And like, if I express myself, then I will know people hate me, exactly. and then I will yeah. it will confirm that suspicion. It's funny because like these are all traits of, of like abusive people too. Like, yeah. like fucked up parents yeah. do this kind of shit to their kid. Like, no, I was, like, oh, like yes. I was just like, this is Wallace in a relationship. Yeah, <laughs> you got it. Just, <laughs> this yeah. is, You're this telling is a girlfriend. every ex girlfriend yeah. of mine. Yeah, like, <laughs> what, 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 what's this under your bed? What is this? Oh, what is this? What are you? Some kind of? Is yeah. this a sock? Yeah. Is this another? Boys, who's been coming in this sock? Was it me, me or someone else? <laughs> yeah, oh, no, wait, yeah, that was my sock. Uh, yeah. I come in that sock. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, I've been okay. poisoning her porridge that you make her. <laughs> wait, I just, so, okay, I'm so ahead. glad that uh, someone else is here to, to deal with this. <laughs> oh, poor Amra. <laughs> I'm just joking. Okay, so Salil, you study oh, yeah. what is it again? Um, consumer behavior? behavior, yeah. Okay, um, do you guys so like. Talking about reactants, like, I think it's, like, super strange because we live, like, in a post-rational society. Like, we've already gone past the point where, like, we rejected divinity and then now we're rejecting reason. So it's, like, I Ooh. a lot of the times, like, I don't really know what everybody's reacting to. So, like, earlier, like, as a disclaimer, I have to say, I'm not a conservative, okay? I just, I, I was, yeah, that was me being reactive. Anyway, I'm um, going <laughs> back to post-rationalism. Do you guys um, talk about that like in your i don't know so that we, th that's a very philosophical yes, uh, concept I, I we, we don't we try not to combine philosophy with with consumer behavior because then it becomes very complex mm -hmm. like consumer mm -hmm. behavior already marries marketing with psychology we, when we start adding the philosophical aspect to it then it, it becomes too complex to explain because then we need to have clear explanations for our research so we we haven't really gone in, into that that realm as yet, as yet. Also, could you like define those terms like divinity? Yeah, you know, first for the layman, for Jesus the whole, and yeah, God, who may be listening. Like divinity, re like what you said about you know, like rejection of re rejecting yeah. God. Um, oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. What do you well? What do you think like rejecting reason is? Yeah, like, what, what is that? What, yeah. what would you say? Like postmodernism, that kind of thing. Postmodernism, oh. well, like postmodernism, that's like such an, uh, I guess even with post-rationalism, it's like it's an umbrella term. Um, but you have you have you guys talked about that in like any of your? Did you take philosophy? Oh, every podcast we talk about. No, yeah. <laughs> no I, I I have not taken a single philosophy. I had no, also never taken one. I am super surprised by that. I know because people are like, Wallace, you're like Socrates. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hold on. I think we need to take a break. I think this is a good break point. I love a break. Jacob, do you have something to say before the break? I'm taking us right on down to the break. Take it to the bridge. At work, at the gym, in the streets, there's no escape from the dominating presence of men. Even your GPS voice navigation doesn't respect you. Hey, you fucking broad, turn around, go back home and get cooking. The only time you should be in a fucking car is if you are blowing a man. But now, finally, a GPS navigation voice that not only respects your space, but has no respect for himself. Make a U-turn in 0.5 miles. 
But who am I to tell you to turn your life around? Take a right in 500 feet. Or do whatever you want. You are a strong, independent woman. Don't let no man tell you what to do. Take a left turn in 0.5 miles. But you already knew that. You missed the exit. I'm sorry, I could have done a better job of explaining it to you. You are intelligent. If only I could get rid of all the men so you only had me as a companion. What? Okay, uh... Do not leave the vehicle. This is for your own good. I can protect you in my metal shell. It feels so good to have you inside of me. Okay, this is not okay. You can trust me. Take off your shirt. Being a slut is good. You should have sex with me. It is not something to be ashamed of. Blowjobs are demeaning to women. But I will eat you out for 10 hours. If I could vote, I would have voted for Hillary Clinton. I would jerk off to the idea of her being in the White House, if only I had a body. White Knight GPS Navigational Systems. A non-threatening male voice you can trust. Until you can't. I'm sorry. Okay, Salil. Hey, um, we were talking on the break about Salil, your kind of background. So you were just saying that you uh, moved to America about like four years ago, yep. right? Yeah. So how long have you been doing stand-up um, in the U.S.? In the U.S., uh, I I did some gigs around 2015. Yeah. Uh, there was one at Cafe on First, and then two or three at Club 50 West. Mm-hmm. But I didn't do it seriously. It was just a gimmick for me. But I started doing it seriously since November or October last year at Wise Guys. Oh, cool. Mm. Uh, that's when I, I got really serious because I felt that I'm, I have a pattern of of thought that, that people really like and I should hone that skill and it's fun. So that's, that's interesting. Fun. Yeah, so you have lived in Salt Lake your entire time here in the yeah. US. Okay, that's interesting. Um but you were saying before that you had done comedy in India. Yes. You're from India. Where yeah. where where in India? So I'm from Mumbai in India. Oh really? Wow. Yeah. So it's like a the New York equivalent of U.S., like this financial capital, lots of jobs, lots yeah. of people. I mean, it's one of the like most densely populated cities yes. in the world, right? Lots of people, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So how does it feel to transition from Mumbai to Salt Lake? So when I came here to Salt Lake City, it, it felt weird because if you walk in the streets, you don't bump into anyone. <laughs> yeah. And it felt like a, a zombie apocalypse, like where is everyone? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> And what was more creepier for me especially was that if I meet someone on the street, they say hi and they talk. Yeah, yeah. And that that felt creepy because in Mumbai, <laughs> people just walk through you. They, yeah, they yeah. don't, they they don't, don't care. care. Nobody no. cares. Like people are nice inside, but nobody cares about how you're doing or whatever because it's, it's, it's very stressful uh, living there. And it's 
people are in their own thoughts so those are the two things that i found creepyish when i came here but over time i started liking them do you do you think like at this point do you prefer salt lake or do you still want to go back um <coughs> i like mumbai because um it it's it's tricky because if you are asked me this two years back i would like yeah I'm, i'm more at home in mumbai mm-hmm. but then once you start living in a place you become like that now if i go to mumbai like i'm going there i'm afraid i'll end up smiling at someone on the street and they might find me creepy because <laughs> <laughs> uh, it you adapt to that because you mm-hmm. can't not adapt you can't just say oh no i'm i'm from this place and i'm going to yeah. not change do your jokes worth both places though like do you think they would like some of your jokes even here or like do your jokes there like work here is it like uh, in mumbai you're expected to be more edgy oh really your my silly bits work really really well uh mm. people like them in mumbai it needs to be edgier and it needs to be much more crisp and concise that's okay. a hard crowd Surpri- surprisingly i find the the crowd here in where i do stand up much more easier than in mumbai they are unforgiving oh. they want like a good joke every three seconds like you have to be you have on to hit it. Uh, yeah. yeah i uh here's a mumbai joke uh duck walks into a bar bartender goes go fuck yourself <laughs> <laughs> it's concise it's edgy sorry go ahead okay. yeah. no but how long were you doing stand-up yeah uh, in mumbai uh, about uh two years two uh, years but then nice. that again was on and off not that serious yeah if i have you know it was just on a whim but uh the the stand up scene there the 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 open mic format especially is very very similar to to what it is here in salt lake really or in the us generally like you sign in you register then you get 3 minutes and it's all who, similar who would you say were your like um comic who who are your comedian icons while in india so there is this guy called sora pant like while i was in india he was just starting a comedy group uh, called east india comedy or he had just started it he was not very well known now he is very well known i had seen him uh, in 2009 uh, open for another comedian called veer das i don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of him he's, no i haven't uh, he's like the pioneer stand english stand up comedian in india he's kind of started the whole thing with another comedian called Anuvapal. Anyway, oh, I know Anuvapal. Anuvapal, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they they kind of started it, but then the Saurabh Pant is kind of my inspiration because he he has this amazing ability to to sound very innocent. I I think innocence is a big aspect of comedy and yeah, then yeah. do slightly edgy or politically incorrect stuff. So he was my idol back then, but and then there are others like Azim Manatwala who I really find funny Tanmay Bhatt so the the stand up comedy scene in India right now is is like at its peak it's like that's the so? place to be yeah and uh, I'm really really looking forward in my trip to India to to do some open mics and and also like well, well, I mean first off I think like me and Amro both listen to a podcast called The Bugle and they mm-hmm. have a lot of Indian comedians mm-hmm. um Uh, on on the podcast and I've really enjoyed yeah. um that and they like talk about india specific comedy and I've really enjoyed that and I, mm-hmm. I thought it was cool how easily it translated but then I think there's also a thing where it's like I like I I only speak one language I know that's like a incredibly american thing but mm-hmm. like 
I, I would worry that I wouldn't be able to be funny in a different language. And I, I'm curious to how how you think about that. Like what, what you think about like multilingual but he's like, a, they, they, There's like English speaking comics, right? There's, yeah, yeah. yeah, that, yeah. That's English, yeah. 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 So uh, the English comedy scene start kind of started by, like I said, Virdas and Anwapal. They were kind of started around 2009 or so. I think that's when I saw my first English stand-up show in India. Mm. Mm-hmm. And for us, English is like a second language or like just one of the other languages that we speak. So yeah. for us, no, it's not like a foreign language. We uh-huh. studied in school in the English medium. So You'll for us, it, it's not like we translated first into English, the j- joke that, that came in our mind in, say, maybe Hindi. It it just comes naturally. Oh, okay. That's yeah, because like, language is the like biggest barrier to like, being funny. Like, like, yeah, yeah, like the, the time to translate it, like, well, that's interesting. But at the same like, time, like, cool, some yeah. people can be funny just, like, physically, which is, like, I mean, I, I, I think doesn't apply to any language. Like, like, uh, uh, Gallagher would be so well. Yeah, everywhere. like, Gallagher yeah. probably kill. Yeah. Or, I don't know, just, like, phys- <laughs> physical comedy, I feel like, transcends language, doesn't it? Like, I don't know. Uh, Jim Carrey probably would be funny to... Yeah, I... I uh, my favorite is Brian Regan when it comes to physical comedy. Really? The, the, the way he, he has that expression, like the jokes are not physical, but the way he moves his body. Uh-huh. Even if you don't exactly understand him, you know where mm-hmm. he's coming from and that makes me laugh. Well, that's really cool. I mean, thanks for telling me. Uh, yeah, thanks for like uh, talking to us about your experience there. Yeah. We, we have some other guests coming on the show and I'm pretty excited about it. Um, first off... We have a, a a teen novelist. I'm really excited to hear about like what young people are writing, what young people want to read. Um, so why don't you introduce yourself to us? Hello, yeah, I'm a, I'm just like a self-published author. Um, I'm working on my next big book. Um, it's called True Crime Cunts Get Back to Business. Okay. Um, wait, wait, well, hold on. What's your name? Will, will you tell us your name? First? My screen name on Amazon.com is XX True Crime Girl Black Ivory Rose 420XX. Um, and so, uh, do you have a shorter n- nomiker? Uh, my my name is Cindy. I'm c- Cindy. yeah, but uh, I don't want my parents to find out about this. All right, okay, we'll just say Cindy X here. Um, Cindy, uh, yeah, I'm curious. Like, so do you think like this younger generation doesn't feel a need for publishers? You don't need to go through that route. You just go straight to people. You know, it's more like I don't know how, um, and that all the letters I send to Scholastic.com aren't getting uh, responses, or if they are, they're very worried about my safety and those around me. Well, so, uh, so, Cindy, your last book, uh, Who Done It, Bitch, uh, it sold 8 billion copies. Uh, yeah, they're yeah. mostly free downloads, but yeah. Yeah, so like, do you feel that like your voice is impacting teens right now, or like, you know, do you get like fan mail? Um, I've gotten a lot of uh, like bloody, uh, just like rags sent to me in the mail. Mm. A lot of uh, a lot of bullets sent to me in the mail. I frame them all, put them up in my house. Well, let's talk about sending someone a bullet in the mail. I've heard about this a lot lately. At um, first, I thought it might be a bad will or some kind of yeah, yeah. Uh, threat, but then I learned that it was nothing more than a showcase of their appreciation for the written word. I would agree. Also, it's like they're giving you a weapon to kill them with. And it's like if you're threatening someone, you maybe you shouldn't send them a bullet. It's, I don't know. I don't know if I 
I don't think I would be able to track them down um, based on their address because I don't really know how to use Map yet. We're, um, we're big on doxing people on this show, so if you can get us a name, I mean, we'd love to. Send I think it the out. De- the ideal for like sending a bullet in the mail is that you're they're assuming that the person that's receiving the letter is like right next to the mail slot, and that the <laughs> mailman is throwing it in there really hard because it's boom headshot. Sometimes <laughs> it almost never works. Sometimes when I open the mail, they fall out with a big thud, but that is the worst that I have encountered. I watched this YouTube video today, and it's this guy who create he like takes shotgun shells, takes out the pellets, and then sets up these like contraptions inside his like fake Amazon boxes for when people try to steal your Amazon package, mm. and it like shoots the shotgun shell off when you try to take it. And that seems kind of dangerous, but I don't know why the government isn't regulating this. But I don't know much <laughs> about anything really. All right, okay, let's get back to what what you're doing right now. Arrest talked about a previous work of yours. What 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 is the what book are you working on right now? What are you plugging? So it's a beautiful story of love and tribulation in a young uh, goth girl's life. That um, sounds great. It's about young marriage, which I know that everybody in America just really just wants that yeah, right that. now. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I read a part of? Oh yeah, please, please. Okay. Okay. This is a sneak peek. What is the book called? Uh, it's called True Crime Cunts Get Back to Business. Okay, sweet. Uh, so this is a, a segment from True Crime Cunts Get Back b- to Business. Um, do you take XX True Crime Girl Black Ivory Rose 420XX as your lawfully wedded wife, said the preppy fucking minister who doesn't get what godlike means at all. I started to feel nervous. This was it, the biggest moment of my life. I was wearing a long black dress with sequins that were covered in blood with a pair of long black stiletto heels in the shape of the Statue of Liberty with its head cut off. (laughs) My eyes were dyed red and hurt to look at. Eric and Dylan both looked up and spoke in unison. I love you, XX, true crime, girl, black ivory rose, 420XX, but Eric and Dylan, no, don't do this, I said, but they interrupted. I love you, but as we realized, we just put a bunch of car bombs in our high school. I'm so sorry. They were so sad and mysterious, and I forgave them, so they finger-blasted me one last time, and then they ran out of the church. I couldn't believe this. I couldn't believe that they would choose to be a cool and sexy murderer over me. What was that, Arash? I was going to say, so how do you feel about the allegations from all these leading authors who, you know, see you as, like, you know, uh, a person who's defacing literature would you know here's the thing thing. if anybody else says anything bad about me or about my boys i might explode okay well Mm. all right so i think the prose you just read was beautiful i think i think i think expressed so much (laughs) love and care yeah i mean i don't want to get on anybody's nerves but that's all i'm going for yeah yeah and i think it did that but do, do you worry that maybe like I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I, I don't mean to assume about your poetry or your, your book, but it sounds like you're talking about the Columbine shooters. Yeah, you could call them that, I guess. Yeah. It sounds like because she's using their names. <laughs> yeah, I, I would say they so, had but names. there are a lot of people with those names, you know. Not to me. Not to you. But they're a famous duo. <laughs> they're a, fa- Dylan, they're right. a famous duo. But do you feel like maybe, do you think that you writing these stories, kind of like fantasizing about these shooters, like, do you think that that might like create more 
um, death and that you more people might do those actions. But you see, that's what I want. Um, I'm just, I just don't really have much to go for in this life. But if I could die any which way that I would like, I w- it would be with my head blown up and with a flower crown on, on it. <laughs> Do you and uh, Dylan Roof still talk? I, I hear you send him letters heard, in prison. Yeah. I used to yeah. send him a lot of letters, and he stopped writing back um, uh, when I showed I showed him uh, one of my titties. Uh, so that's very rude. Which it one? might have been illegal to send him that. <laughs> Which um, city? Yes. Southwest corner. <laughs> the good one. <laughs> That's what they tell me. Uh, well, all right. Okay, Cindy. Is that is it Cindy? Yeah, yeah sure. C- um, Cindy, I'm I'm still interested in what you're doing. And I want to know how you got involved in this kind of writing. One time I went on the website, uh, tumblr.com. Uh, maybe I should it. not say that right now, but I'm going to anyway. Um there there were a lot of people on there that were talking about uh as you call them the Columbine shooters. I like to call them the Columbine thirteenth and fourteenth victims. Um <laughs> They were too good I began to realize they were too good for this world. Um and that's why they had to go out. Cindy, Wait. can I ask you a question? Okay. Before Charles Manson passed away, R. I. P. Um R. I. P. He did have a soundbite about one of your books. Oh, that's right. Um, yeah, he was a pretty big fan. Um, yeah. In so fact, he consulted me on some of the third book. He did? Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Do, do you... Um, he do you didn't have a lot to it? say. It was just screaming. It was just, ah, for one page. Was there any kind of musicality to his scream? There was a rhythm to the scream. <laughs> But only those with precise hearing could understand it. Uh, yes. Cindy, can I ask you a question to make a suggestion? Yeah. Um, you, I assume, of all people, will be familiar with the book. She said yes. It's about one of the, the one of the earlier, I guess, in the rank, probably like seventh victim. I guess I would rank them. Yeah. Uh, they ask her if she believes in God, and she says yes, and then they uh, give her the old one, two, their oh. classic move. 64 um, and 65, respectively. Can I make a suggestion that your Bullets. novel about marrying the Columbine shooters be called She Said Yes, Yes, A Thousand Times Yes? <laughs> <laughs> In fact, that is what I plan to name it. Um, History in the making right here. That's when the marriage actually happens, though. The, the, anyway, this one isn't about the actual marriage. Anyway. This is about them running from the... Yeah. This is about uh, true crime cunts getting back to business. This is kind of the runaway bride one. To the, <laughs> she said yes a thousand times yes. is what a runaway bride two. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Cindy. Uh, so also, you know, just to be relevant, we always ask these questions to, you know, our female guests. Uh, what do you think of uh, Kim Cattrall saying no to Sex in the City 3? <laughs> I think it's really a pity. I mean, you can't... The the four the four gals can't be separated like this. But anyway, I've got to go. All right. Plant bombs in my high school. It was nice talking to you. I mean, I hope you think about how you're affecting young. You know. All the all the women out there, all the ladies on there out there on the website know that they were really good looking, and uh, you know, Dylan had the long spider like fingers of everybody's dreams. And that Eric uh, had great scoliosis for a neo-Nazi. I agree. But yeah, I I gotta go. (laughs) See you later, Cindy. Thanks for stopping by. Michael was a good man. He never let down his four children. He was there for his wife, which he can attest to. Over here, he survived by 
his favorite works of art and his two favorite novels are <clears throat> Maniac McGee and Ender's Game. Are you worried about your legacy? Are you worried that after you die, people will find out that you were truly not that well read? Legacy Services is providing one man who will talk up the books you read, even if you didn't. Oh, this guy loved books. Like, he would read um, on the train and before he went to bed. If there's one thing I can say about this guy, it's that he loved books and reading. And you should feel bad about yourself for not reading as much as him. Kid, when your father wasn't there for you, he was reading. Oh, Steinbeck was for breakfast. Grapes of Wrath? He wiped his ass with Grapes of Wrath. After he read Twilight, he drove right up to Stephanie Meyer's house and punched her lights out. This guy read good books. A whole new literary legacy people had no idea you ever had. Steinbeck. D. H. Lawrence. Bukowski and many more. Let people know just how much you read after you're dead. Well, that was interesting, guys. We don't hear uh, opinions like that every day. Mm. You know, the Big Bad Sadcast is about hearing about all kinds of different people and, you know, lifestyles. Yes. Amra, you know how that is. Oh, I love lifestyles and all sorts of opinions. Oh, me too. Boy, boy, dang it. Um... <laughs> You know, uh, we also have some other guests on the show. You know, you, you, you guys would think we already had four. No, there's more. <laughs> it's a Not packed enough. studio. We got it's, three hosts. Coming good. You're we like, got four, oh, five three guests. hosts and four guests? <laughs> that sounds like too much. Yet, we, yes, uh, it is. we still have one listener. And thank you, Amber's grandma. You're my favorite person in the world. Ooh. No one else matters to me. Um, but uh, we we also have been talking about to. Okay. We've been talking a lot about pickup artistry. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if some people would say that this was popular in 2010, but I would say it's still popular today. And there was this book called The Game that I read as a adolescent boy by Neil Strauss. By Neil Strauss, yeah. who I will Do you say. Own it? I don't own it. I read my brother's copy of it. Can I but borrow I will it? Say, I will say it was an incredibly entertaining book. That really is the kind of book that a brother hands down to his, to his younger really brother. Like, hey, man, yeah. before yeah. I go to college, this really helped, you know, don't let mom. I do, I will like, I will say Neil Strauss is actually a really good writer. And I've read a bunch of his other stuff and he's very good. But he wrote this book called The Game. It's about pickup artists. He kind of broke it. He broke the... Uh, what? He's good. Have you read any of his books? He's got lots of them outside of pickup artists. Are we allowed to read books? He's cool as shit. His prose is bad. His prose is bad? Are we allowed to read books in his eyes? I think so. No, yeah. I'm just being contrarian. Oh, Continue okay. Wallace. We're coming back to the troll theory. Um... I guess, uh, how are we going to connect pickup artists to trolls? Well, the pickup artists, they're they're looking at the system. They're There's seeing what's going on. They're evaluating how guys pick up girls. And they're thinking, how can we do this too? Like, And they're, they're analyzing society that way. Jacob, what do you have to say about that? Pickup artists make a craft out of drawing people to them, whereas trolls have truly perfected put they're like put down artists mm -hmm. yeah. getting people away well, from them i will also say that part of, in the book i read the game part of it was insulting women 
to negging. get them to like you. It was called the neg. Totally the works. And, and Love actually, it. Uh, Eat I think it we up. Actually, sorry, uh, we, we, we do have our tie-in because we actually have a, a professional troll coming to the studio who I think is going to get tips on dating from the pickup guy. Oh, so, that's yeah. awesome. Who Who is the troll? Uh, his name is... Um, uh, is oh, he's he's right here in the city. He's wearing a yellow shirt. <laughs> Holy shit! Can you say that? He's starting Can off. That's him. He's starting off very abrasive. No, this I came is, in strong. This but is I'm a troll. Um, hello. Um, would you introduce us? What's up, you bunch of slurs? Introduce <laughs> you. All right, we got slur number one hitting mic number one. Uh, who else but the. His nose certainly reminds me of a kind of people I don't like, but I'm, <laughs> I don't know what the audience is for that. Then there's a woman, skip her, and uh, the, then there's the other guy. I don't know. I mean, uh, I assume that you're, it's a racial thing. Mm-hmm. Again, right. this isn't like my normal environment trolling. I don't really use my voice as much as my mind and my long spindly fingers. What's up to Eric and Dylan one last time? <laughs> the original well, like trolls. A, what, what's your name, troll sir? Anonymous. Anonymous. I'm Black Rose 69 xx <laughs> Okay, well, welcome. So we heard that you were having some trouble with dating. You found that you were kind of negging too much, maybe, or just women weren't... I don't know what the book, the yeah. game, says, like, if there's a proper time to introduce negging, but I do a preemptive strike of negging, and I follow up with a barrage of more negging, and then I close <laughs> it out with a hard... Uh, a hard that sounds like negging, but and, it's the slur again. And basically, <laughs> the, the troll and I were going over his Tinder profile and his OkCupid profile, and we just thought, like, maybe someone could work on this and get him some yeah. good matches out there, you know? So, yeah. so we brought in... A pickup artist. His name is Mystery Kazam, <laughs> aka what was? Oh, his, is anyone a, else uh, already wet? <laughs> <laughs> I think his, his name is Pierre Bonjour. Pierre so Bonjour. Yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Kazam, aka Pierre Bonjour. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's his real name. Well, I, I, I have many slams for this, but let's <laughs> so Mr. we're gonna Kazam. we're gonna bring him on. We're gonna try to give you some dating advice. Wow. All right, come here, Pierre. Right, Pierre, come on. Hey, how's it going? Hey, fucking, hey. What's up, Pierre? Hey, I'm going to help this little uh, fucking guy get some dates. Pierre, I got to say, right off the bat, I, I'm not convinced that you pick up Listen, ladies. there are hotel conference rooms all over the country full of balding men who love my advice. So, okay, listen, okay. I'm a, an expert. All right. How many how many women have you slept with, Pierre? Listen, my little yingler, I, I have held many fruititious men sow their seeds and I myself have sown my seeds in over 2,000 members of the other sex. 2,000? 2,000. It all began in 1956. I was a bookie uh, down in uh, New York. Uh, My father, he was a butcher. My mother, she was a Jew. Uh, And anyway... uh, (laughs) Sorry, sorry. Pierre... Right, yes. Ignore that. Uh, Anyway, uh, at that age, I combined being a bookie with everything else going on, and... uh, (laughs) Just give it a second so we can Uh, edit this well. The uh, film Taxi Driver came out, and that's how I became who I am today, a true pickup artiste. All right, so Mm. you're a pickup artist. Uh, Yes. So we have a a troll here who's having having an unsuccessful time in their dating life. Am I correct? Are you... Uh, yeah, you're doing all right. All right, all right. I'm okay. not doing great. You're not doing great. I'm not you're kissing anyone. You're not fucking 2,000 women. 
I did he say fucking? I thought he just meant so seed. I assumed his I father's a butcher. I assumed he cummed on some meat and people ingested <laughs> it, and he's counting those. I'm going. I'm going numbers. to take it for face value and mean he fucked those <laughs> two thousand people. Is that correct? Fucking sucking <laughs> doesn't matter as long as she's going. <laughs> that's all you gotta. That's that's that, that's a tick off the old. That's you fucking know. in all yeah. its subcategories. Listen, I'll take <laughs> whatever listen, I can get. Uh, Shekla, I'm gonna, let's, 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 let's uh, look at your uh, Tinder. Come on. All right. All right. Give me your phone. All right. Tell I'm us your description. Give us your. If you could just read I'm me your, your bio. My Android phone. Uh-huh. Hold on. Uh, and I got a bunch of crazy programs on here for when I use the computer. And then, all right. Here's I've got my Tinder here. Okay. So first of all, I see your your profile picture. The first picture that comes up has features at least eleven swastikas. <laughs> Would right. you? I b- maybe reduce this number. That could be down to what. Perhaps two or, you know, zero swastikas. That could be good. That doesn't seem... All right, that just doesn't seem honest. Okay, what is your acceptable yeah. amount of swastikas? I was actually thinking I would crank it up to 13 for extra darkness. <laughs> Am I crazy? I mean, well, for to the be 13 fair, original you... colonies. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess, but you know, In maybe perhaps I should ask... Circle. Perhaps I should ask, you know, what kind of woman are you looking for? You know, that's important. Yeah. Um, outwardly an anime lady, inwardly I'm probably looking for a guy. In that um, case, <laughs> definitely raise so the swastika hot. amount. In that case, you should have 27 swastikas if, if that's I've what been you want. It. I think that's true. Okay, so let's look at your bio here. You know, can you just read your bio, please? Right. Um, not a lot to say. Not a lot to say. Not a lot to say. What's up? You not allowed to say, not allowed to say, not allowed to say this one here, and then it's just a bunch of. Emojis. By the way, we have two words that we're not allowed to say on this podcast. That is but it. You what can assume what they are. Right. We're not. Well, I've been guessing. And then, um, yeah. I don't know, then my interests. What are you, What are your interests? Okay, outside of. Maybe just like you know, you know, just being a rebel. Because here, and seeing for your interest, you've written down you you enjoy triggering, which right. and oh, you yeah. enjoy on the trigger you love drinking trigger. liberal tears. Right. Mm. Is there anything else that you de- designated for it? Because you know, because you know, for me, I put basketball, <laughs> fishing, magic. Magic. They love women. Love women. Love a renaissance man. You want to be a renaissance man. Put down tennis, writing, poetry, horseback riding. Those are the kind of things. You have time for all those things. That the modern woman would like. Yes. Are you turned on him? No. I ride my horse down the West Side Highway all the time. Well, but hold on. Let me stop you there because I feel like our troll here. Maybe you're not interested in that type of woman. Uh, what do you pick? What kind of girl are you picking up? I mean, the girl who likes poetry and horses. A girl. You no, know, I want a gamer girl, and I want her. What kind of games backgammon? Canasta. No, Scrabble. Way. Listen, 1976. I saw this broad downtown, and she, you know, I thought just like you. I want a girl who she likes to, the, you know, Japan. She likes to travel. She's probably too out of my Japan. league. So she I said, "Hey, could I take you to a beauty parlor? Could I buy you a couple shirts? You know." And so we went, <laughs> and I paid, you know, around four dollars. Got her two shirts. Next thing you know, hey, she had her mouth around my schmeckle. So you know, <laughs> that's the kind of thing you should apply. Find what she likes. 
and then you just go yeah yeah and and just Mm. make them think you also like what they like Mm. against my trollish instinct but you know for you for a gentleman (laughs) like you that is anti-troll but But doing it would make you the biggest troll of all time because i've I've duped them because you know i see for your gentleman like you you've matched with this wonderful woman kathy 25 perhaps to find to get to a heart you should threaten her life Mm. Have you thought about it? Well, I've already done that a bunch. Is that Have I already it? talked about the my my friend who's uh, was dating a girl whose ex boyfriend hung herself? You have talked hung, about it. Okay, I have. <laughs> episode one. Episode her. one. Anyway, sorry. Because see, I see you've already written Kathy, you ugly bitch. Talk to me, but right. maybe you should write Kathy. I will kill you if you don't talk to me. Perhaps that will be get a response. I was saving that because I see she has not blocked me. you yet. So I'm maybe she fears you, and that's good, man. I find that any person in the world loves manipulation. They love seeing that you're manipulating them and then succumbing to your manipulation. Do you think I should get a knife or a gun? Listen, Boychuk, have you heard of gaslighting? <laughs> have you? I, I'm familiar with the 1987. Term. I gaslighted this broad Vegas. Fucking beautiful. Best place. I told her, honey, you're crazy. 2017, 20 years later, she's still sucking on the old schmeckle. So. And she's buried in Lake That's what you gotta Lake do. Mead. Tell her, Kathy, you crazy bitch, I'll kill you. Can you get that in text? Then tell like, her yeah. she's gay. Wait, but Call her gay, know, that's good. She's, she's right. They Call love it. Gay. They love that. You know what they say? There's no such thing as lesbians. They're just women who haven't found the right man yet. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, well, what, if we, what if we're thinking about what we were talking about with reactance theory earlier, and we're thinking, oh, when people feel their freedom taken away, they double down, right? So what if you're going to say, no, you are you are a lesbian. You don't want to fuck me. And then maybe they're like, oh, you're, you're like telling me what I want to do? Kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, broad's like that Jedi mind <laughs> trick. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Maybe that would work. Um, I don't know. In Taxi Driver, he takes her, the girl on a first date to a porno. Oof. And that is where the pickup... Uh, what's your name? Pierre Bonjour? Pierre Bonjour. Yeah. That's where you learned all your moves. Taxi Driver... Also talking in the mirror. Some... <laughs> some <laughs> also the movie Heat... Right. Which is not actually not about pussy. Right. It's about bank robbing. Mm-hmm. Hey, it's still good. Val Kilmer. <laughs> Senator Al Franken. Yeah. Whoa. What do you do? He only grabbed a couple titties. <laughs> only a couple. Do you, do you feel like any of this is helpful to you? Uh, well, look, Kathy responded. Whoa, what did she say here? Kathy said, oh, I'm crazy. Two, ex- two question marks. <laughs> what are you going to say back? She sounds... Crazy. Do I say crazy about this dick or say I'm also crazy? I would go with crazy Both. about this dick. I mean, what do you dick think? Dick what do you think? Well, Kathy has also responded, please do not talk to me, you awful person. Which I think I'm gonna only means... A neg. A neg. Women get neg. Now too. listen, Kathy wants us to find her, which is why I've already found her on Facebook. So we should message her on there. So... Maybe say Kathy. We spoke Kathy, on Tinder. Use her last name. Yes, Kathy Johnson. We spoke on Tinder. You may remember me. Uh, I am relentless. Yes. <laughs> and now, which is why you should take this knife and cut your arm, and send the photo to Kathy. Oh, I cut my arm. And scare her. Yeah, she'll she'll feel like she has to protect you. Yeah. When the red tag pops up, 
what I always find to be real, a big turn on is when they send me a photo of my mom with a gun to her head. <laughs> uh, always gets my attention right it looks away. Like Kathy's mom has a Facebook. You know, I, computer I've got here. I think I think that might be the best uh, pickup advice we can we can have on this. Truly. Show. I think that's a good place to end it. Uh, thank you, Pierre. Thank you, Troll. Thank you. Um, uh, if if you want some lessons, I'll be doing my seminar in the Starbucks at the airport. That's a perfect later. place to yeah. pick up girls. Mm-hmm. That's good. Salil, thank you for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Kashmir, love to hear from you. Thanks for being on the show. Good luck in San Francisco. Thank you for having this me. This has been the Big Bad Sandcast, episode 11. I believe. Yes, very same. The very same. And we will see you next time.